0: Welcome to the official podcast of Harvest Bible Chapel Indy West. Our desire is to make authentic disciples of Christ who worship Him, walk with Him, and work for Him. You can find more information about Harvest by visiting our website at www.harvestindiewest.org, or by downloading our app from your app store. We pray today's podcast will encourage your pursuit. who I am, my name is Eric, and I'm one of the pastors here. I've had the joy of being here for the last 10 years, and it's my privilege today to be uh, filling in for, for Pastor Doug, as uh, Doug is now one out of 12 weeks on his sabbatical, and by his roadmap that he showed us last week, he's pulling his camper somewhere in the Rockies. Hey, let's be praying for Pastor Doug for Karen this month, that they would be reflecting that God would be working in their lives That they would have a chance just to to rest, rest together, rest in him. That they would be renewed and rejuvenated and recharged. Let's be praying. The Lord keeps the bears away. (laughs) Hey, two things I want to do today. This is going to be more of a family feel. Two things I want to do. I want to share my heart. And uh, this summer, the elders gave me, gave my family eight weeks away. We had a sabbatical and the Lord was working We call this a God at Work story. And I wanna share just my testimony of just some things that I learned, some things that the Lord's been doing in me recently this summer. And then also, we wanna give a preview of small groups. Small groups are a big deal here at Harvest. We're a church of small groups. And last night, we got all of our small group leaders together. We just spent some time just worshiping the Lord in prayer, in scripture, in song. Last night... We just had a time of just kind of leaning into the Lord and just kind of locking arms together. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, he who has called you, he is faithful and he will surely do it. See, we committed last night as small group leaders that the Lord is the one, he is faithful, he is the one who does the work. God is the one through the Spirit who does the work in us and through us. It does not depend on us. It's all about the Lord and Him, His strength. We committed that last night as small groups, and I am so excited for what we're doing with our groups this year. So, this is a preview, a preview for small groups. Two things sabbatical and small groups. That's this morning. So, grab your Bible, open up to John 15. Uh, I am the vine, and uh, you are the branches. Here Jesus invites us to abide with him. John 15, this this last year, has had more impact in my life than any other passage. God has been just using this, and I think church, for us, there's just some things that that we need to get a hold of, some things that we need to hear. We're gonna get a running start to John 15. Look at the end of, of chapter 14, verse 31. We're gonna look just at the last six words. Jesus says, Rise, let us go from here. See, Jesus tells his disciples, Guys, get up, let's go. Get up, let's go. Get up, let's go. Come on, let's get up, let's get going. Anyone else ever feel that? Get up, let's go. Get up, let's go. Get up, let's go just every day, day after day, day after day. We're just getting up and we're going and going and going only to crawl into bed at night exhausted just to turn around and do the same thing again tomorrow. Is anyone else feeling this just kind of this this this, this weary this 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 busy this busy this busy get up. Let's go. Get up. Let's go. There's been seasons in my life where it's felt like that. Ministry can, can tug at your, your nights, your, your weekends, and it's not just pastors, there's a lot of jobs that, that can just be emotionally draining, and working with people, or working with projects, or, or pressures with sales, or maybe on the road and traveling, just this physically just exhausting. Maybe being your, your voluntold to have mandatory overtime We're busy, right? I mean, this is August. This is like calendar chaos for a lot of you. I mean, students, this is syllabus shock. Everything that's coming for this year. Am I the only one who's just struggled with being busy? Let's get up, let's go, let's get up, let's go. We are busy. So when the elders gave me eight weeks off this summer and I went from this crazy busy to, to zero responsibilities, that's a really, really weird thing. And that's something that Doug and Karen are, are, are working through, finding themselves right now. So the first thing that I learned this summer is God was working on me, I glorify busy. See, I complain about it, I do, but secretly, like, like in my heart, I, I like to be busy, I glorify busy. See, when I'm busy, it, it validates me. It, 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 it tells other people, I think, that, that I must be important. That, that when I'm busy and I, and I produce a lot of stuff and I've got this, this pile of stuff that I've, I've achieved, I've accomplished, and, and look at it, I take so much credit for that, I like busy. When I'm busy, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding, I'm, I'm neglecting some of the things that are most important and I'm just trying to keep up with the urgent. I say yes a lot, I like to please people. There's a thousand things that I, th- I think I should be doing and I should be doing them right now and I like to be busy. So on sabbatical this summer, I have no job. And now I'm asking myself, why is this so hard? Why is it so hard to, to slow down and to stop and to rest and to be still? For me, I have this nagging sense that, that when I wake up in the morning, my, my day starts at zero. And by the end of the day, like, I have to achieve something. I have to accomplish something. I have to attain something. I I have to do something. Am I the only one who struggles with this? I think a lot of us do. That that we are restless in our souls because we glorify busy. So 10 years in ministry and all the things I, I used to run to for for affirmation and and validation and and achievement are are, are now gone. It took about six weeks in my sabbatical just to to really just clear the mental busy from my mind. First thing I learned is I, I glorify being busy. The Bible says in six days, God can provide everything that we need. So the seventh day can be a day set apart, a day unto the Lord. And this is a day of not just rest, but of trust. A day of trusting that the Lord, he can provide, that he knows, that he can give exactly what we need. The Lord has given us this, this Sabbath idea, this, this weekly rhythm of rest to slow down, to, to pause, to help us trust him man, this is hard. And I'm trying to reel this back in even now, trying to figure some things out of what does this look like for, for me and, and these unhealthy habits that I've, that I've just developed over the last 10 years. And where's this going? How do I rest? How do I trust? Second thing I, I learned is uh, I need to grow and change. Um, hey, we're, we're real people around here, right? Uh, I need to grow and change. First week of sabbatical, we, we wanted to get away. Um, knowing myself, I, I knew if I was home, I would either drive my, my family just crazy or or I would be outside chopping down trees. Uh, seriously, like chainsaw, like dropping trees. Um, so we were encouraged uh, to, to get away. Clean departure, just get away. And, uh, and so um, first week of sabbatical, we, uh, we, uh, we got away, my wife and I, uh, no kids. We love our kids, no kids. <laughs> we got away and uh, we flew and jumped on a ship uh, called the Liberty. This is a Royal Caribbean cruise. I mean, that's the way to get away. Three days into this thing, something started to happen. <laughs> See, I was trying to go to the beach. I was trying to go to the beach, God was going after my heart. Somewhere in Mexico, Krista and I had this little come to Jesus moment. It's not on the itinerary, but but here we're slowing down, and all of a sudden, I mean, just things are beautiful on the outside. This is wonderful. This this is tropical. I mean, we we are on the liberty. I mean, this is freedom. There are no kids, and and yet on the inside, just God is doing His work, and I... I have some doubts, insecurities, this weariness, this lonely, just scared. As we're we're slowing down, the Lord is just exposing some things in my life and just very kindly and graciously just speaking through my wife of just areas that I have to change. Just struggling with this this pride and and entitlement and, and selfishness And I could go on. I just wanted to sit by the beach. And God has shaken me up. Hey, as one of your pastors, I want to be growing and changing. We all do. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways because about the same time, three, four days in, uh, there's this tropical storm. It's never a, a good sign when there's like barf bags like hanging in the stairway of the ship and like people at dinner are all doing this and the uh, Lord's shaking me up. My, my wife is worst case scenario. Um, she's the best, but she is worst case scenario and so she's like trying to get a hold of the captain of like, hey captain, like, like where are we going? What's the plan here? Show me the radar, like are we all gonna get lost at sea? <laughs> Liberty's gonna be bringing us home to Jesus. Uh, a sabbatical was about slowing down, beginning to, to pause. And in doing so, the Lord is exposing. He is just showing some things in my life that just need to change. So I'm 10 days into this thing, and uh, Lord, help me. What's happening? Where's this going? And out of nowhere, I, I get this letter from Dale McCrory. Dale's sitting back there. Hi, Dale. I get this one-page letter, handwritten, from a man to a man. Like, who does that? <laughs> awesome. Dale and I are friends. We've been in small group together. We went on a men's wilderness trip to Canada that we will never forget together. And God was just speaking to me through this letter. I know opening to this, this letter, there's just this one page, Dale wrote, it's not about the outcome. Just be present, just be present, be present, present. See, we we tend to so elevate the outcome, We, we chase after that end result. We, we are quick to get to the end of the destination. We, we just want to see the deliverable, the, the product, the, the end result, just what, what happens at the end. And so we, we miss the journey. We miss the process. We, we miss the moment. So Dale says, just be, forget about the outcome. Who cares? Forget about the outcome. Be present. I need to hear this. For someone who's just this achievement-driven, I I was kind of freaking out about this whole outcome of of when I come back from sabbatical and am I supposed to be like this different person? Like, do I come back glowing? Dale's like, forget the outcome. It doesn't matter. Be present. So that's what we did. The next 40 days, present. Present with the Lord. Present with family. Present with each other. Just be present present. And being present changes relationships. Man, changes. We had three out of four birthdays during this time. And and, and being present is the best presence you can give somebody. It really is. A year ago, our oldest started kindergarten. And so uh, Chris and I, just just a year ago this week, uh, Chris and I were were sitting out on the porch and and we're we're talking and... uh, she just starts crying, like 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 really crying, and I'm kind of sitting there. Uh, so I start asking some questions: Is it about the bus? Like he has to ride the bus home? Is it we don't know his teacher? We we really don't know anything about his teacher. No. Is it because he's going to a public school and? Just, Well, what is it? I'm gonna miss my buddy. We're just not gonna be together. See, see, I heard it. I I didn't get it. I I heard it until the end of sabbatical. And this time, I'm the one standing in the driveway just sobbing. I mean, ugly crying, just sobbing because it's... It's done, and I just wanna be present. I get it. It's so easy to take family for granted, take people and relationships for granted, and just be present. These are three things I've, I've been learning that God's been working, just teaching me this this summer. And there, there's, there's so many more things I'd love to say some things the Lord's just continuing to unfold and, and, and show and just trying to figure out. Um, but here's the last thing. We had the best summer ever. I mean, there was some moments that it was intense um, and, and, and there were some moments it was raw and real and, and, and we rested and, and we were renewed. It was the best summer ever. And we, just, we just had so much fun. We were hiking and camping and swimming and fishing and biking. Go to the zoo and and movies and fireworks and and we were in a sandcastle contest and built a crocodile. Sidewalk chalk. Like like laughter is life-giving, it really is. And Chris and I, we we felt so loved and appreciated when you guys sent us out in in May and and even even more so when we came back in July and uh, Thank you for not cleaning out my office. Uh, It's good to come back. We're so grateful this church gets it. And for Pastor Nick and Jill, last year, just to pave the way for us as a staff and this this thing called sabbaticals and just just how healthy and how valuable and, and how big of a deal this is, not just for us, but for us as a church. I'm so happy for Doug and Karen that they can get away. And I gotta be working in them these next 11 weeks. Let's be praying for Doug and for Karen. Hey, let's pray right now, in fact. God, rest is a good thing. God, you created us to rest. And in fact, it's the only one of the 10 commandments that you say is holy. Give Doug and Karen rest. Lord, help them to, to reflect and And restore the years that Lord have just been been rubbed away from ministry and and from life and just the the weariness that they have felt, the weight. God, restore them and renew them. God, bring them clarity and vision and and, and health and vitality and, and joy and fun and laughter. And God be working away. Lord, you are the one who owns all of these things, Lord. Pour pour it out on them. And God, bring them back. Praise pray in your name. Amen. God's been working in us and grateful to be able to have the opportunity to just share what the Lord's been, been doing in us. And I hope a few of these things can even just be an encouragement or, or resonate with, with you and just your, your life and your walk with the Lord. Um, If you have your Bible, let's go back to uh, John 14. We're uh, gonna jump back into the same verse, hit it again. John 14, uh, verse 31, just those last six words. Jesus says, rise, let us go from here. And here's the context. This is uh, Jesus. He's in the city of Jerusalem, and they've just had the Passover feast with his disciples. He's just washed their feet, and, and now he is, he's getting them up, and they're stepping outside, and they're going for a walk. They're, they're walking from Jerusalem now to the Garden of Gethsemane. And we, we've got to picture this. I mean, it's, it's nighttime, and it's, it's dark outside, the city of Jerusalem, this is the Passover week, so this, this place is hopping. I mean, there are a million people flooding into the city and the streets are loud, they're crowded, it's noisy, it's busy. And Jesus is trying to get away with his disciples. He's, he's trying to find a quiet spot where, where they can just kind of lean in and, and just, just be together and just, just pray. This is the tone of John 15, just the, the last moments that Jesus has with his disciples before the cross. And uh, just we gotta put ourselves here, that, that we, we slow down. See, I don't think Jesus is in a hurry on this walk. I mean, he, he, he knows what's coming. He's, he's not taking the fastest route from, from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. I think he's taking the scenic route. His, his steps are slower. He's getting away to a quiet place, where they can slow down. Get away from the the hustle and the bustle, the distractions, the noise, the clutter. He's pulling his disciples in. It's dark, it's night, they're walking. Now they're somewhere in a garden. Jesus sees this, this grapevine. And here he's about to give his, his disciples a picture that they will never forget. John 15. and my words abide in you, ask. Just ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As a Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, there's one word that's repeated 10 times here in these verses. See, this is the main point. It's, It's the word abide. Did you hear it? Abide. See, that's the overarching, the singular point of of John 15. And and it's easy to to wander off and start talking about fruit and and start talking about the the branches and and, and the branches that that are withered. And what happened to those branches? They're they're gathered and, and thrown away and burned. And is that hell? And did they lose their salvation? Did they ever have salvation in the first place? And we're we're off the path. It's easy to to take this and start focusing on these other peripheral issues like like, like prayer and asking anything and Jesus will do it. Or God's sovereignty and predestination and election and human responsibility. And are these compatible? How do they work? We're off the path. Abide. The the, the point here is Jesus pulls his disciples in is is abide. Since April, we've been going through this, this series in 1 Samuel, life with God, Comparing that to to life without God and life with God that that looks like a living relationship with the living God of the universe. This God does not say stay away. He he says come. He invites us to to lean into him, to to abide with him. That's what we're gonna do this year in small groups. This word abide means to 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 put yourself near, to to sit next to, to to remain with, to be connected, attached, to dwell, to to live with. That's abide. And and I'm inviting you that that we are going to have opportunities this year in small groups to, to be slowing down. To be pulling over to to a quiet place, to be to be leaning in to the Lord and to just just abide. To have this relationship with the living God who invites us to come. Abide in me and I abide in you. See, see, through the Holy Spirit, we are connected to Jesus where he is with us. He is in us and we are with him. And, and through Jesus, we now have access to God, the Father, the creator of the universe. And, and he says to come. The invitation's there. The party's ready. Delight yourself in the Lord. Come, come and abide. Come and lean in to me. That's what we're gonna be doing with our small groups this year. We're a church of small groups. Small groups are core to who we are as a ministry. And, uh, and this, month, um, this month, we've got almost 100 people we'll be adding into small groups. And this, this isn't a sales pitch, this, this is a preview, okay? This is a preview of small groups. And a lot of you are gonna be next week jumping back into your small group as, as small groups are starting. And I wanna give you three things uh, three things to help us abide. Three things to help us abide. We've put this uh, this workbook together. Um, this is going to be a more of a devotional. It's a forty day devotional. And so the first thing about abide is, it's devotional. See, last year in small groups, we, we went through the book of Jonah, we went through three chapters in the book of Acts, and uh, we were talking about just uh, uh, evangelism and just being an a unafraid witness of Christ. It was designed to be conversational, but abide is designed to be devotional. See, we don't want people just showing up to small group and just, just talking about abide. No, it's, it's something that you have to do. It's, it's something that you have to experience and, and practice and then do on your own during the week. It's, it's devotional. So with this, we, we put together 40 days. Here's 40 days of, of abiding with the Lord. Simple, it's a, the format is really simple. There, there's really three things. Uh, every day, there's, there's a passage of scripture. We wanna hear God's voice, allowing God to speak to us through his word. We're gonna hear God's voice, and, and then we're gonna we're gonna have God's ear. Because as as we hear God's voice through his word, as he speaks to us, as we slow down and read and meditate and and dig into his word, as as we lean into him, he, he inclines his ear towards us. And so we have God's voice and we're gonna have God's ear in prayer. One question, one prompt, one thing to be praying about, to be thinking through that day and then we're gonna belong to God's body. And see, that's what makes this devotional so different than most devotions where it's not just you and Jesus doing your thing, but, but you're doing this in the context of community because we, we abide, we, we dwell, we, we live with, we, we do life together, we belong to one another. So this is a time for encouragement and mutual ministry and, and accountability and sharpening one another, so we're gonna hear God's voice, we're gonna have God's ear, we're gonna belong to God's body. We're gonna do this for 40 days, because there's a, there's a biblical precedent and, and pattern with the number 40 in the Bible, and it also just fits really well with our calendar. Uh, so we want to, uh, to see this, it's, it's devotional. And also I wanna look for new growth. Look for new growth. John 15, verse one says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? Why is God bearing, pruning branches that are already bearing fruit? What, what's the reason? So that we may bear more fruit. See, Jesus doesn't want you to to rely on, on old God at work stories that are worn out from 10 years ago, from three years ago. God wants to do something new. God wants to do something that's new and growing and and, and healthy and alive, something that's happening in your life right right now. He, He wants us to see it. Revelation 21, John describes the creation of the new heavens and the new earth, and everything that's created, he describes as new. See, God loves things that are new, Isaiah 43, verse 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. See, church, I I believe that the Lord wants to be doing a new work. He wants to be doing a a new thing in our lives as as we are slowing down, as we are are pulling up next to the side of the Lord, hearing his voice, having his ear belonging to one another, that, that as we are leaning in and abiding He is faithful. He is going to do a new thing, a new work in our life. So we want to look for new growth. The last thing, I want for us to be thinking joy. Think joy. Okay, I've got a song here. Help me out. Please help me out. Okay, joy, 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 down in my heart, right? Okay, you know it. Okay, let's sing. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I've got the. Where? Okay, we're we're good. That's enough. That's enough. That's. Enough. For some of us, I mean, this takes us back to like Sunday school and first grade, and I can just picture my, my teacher, Betty Holin, singing this song. Um, some of us, we have no idea what's happening, and we're looking for the exit door right now. Um, see, the song says, joy down in my heart, down here. But according to the Bible, joy is, is up here. Your, your heart is, is your thinking, your mind, it's, it's up here, See, joy is not a, a feeling down here. Joy is a thinking up here. Look at John 15, verse 11. This, this is key. John 15:11. Jesus says, "These things I have spoken to you." What things? These things For verses. One through 10, these things that I've just shared with you, that I've just told you about abiding, these things I've spoken to you, why? Why does he tell us this? So that our joy, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the only place in all of the gospels where Jesus talks about his joy that the joy that belongs to Jesus, the joy that he owns and possesses, and he is saying, I am making this joy available to you. Right now, in this context, John 15, Jesus is thinking joy. Because joy is not dependent on people. He just got betrayed by Judas. Joy is not contingent on your circumstances. He's about to be arrested. Joy is not based on your feelings. He is about to cry drops of blood. He is about to suffer unlike anyone has ever suffered. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. See, Jesus wants us to, to abide in him so that he can give us his joy. During sabbatical, we, we had a family reunion out in San Diego, and uh, this is something my parents have been planning for years, and my parents' days, they celebrated their 40, uh, 40th wedding anniversary, 40 years of marriage, and uh, my dad, he's, he's about to retire from almost 40 years of pastoral ministry. Um, they're actually moving to Danville in October and they're coming to harvest, that's gonna be cool. So their gift to us was just time together. And, and so we, we spent uh, some time out in San Diego with, with my family, with my brother, his family, they came down from Alaska, we, we all met up. And uh, my family, we flew out a, a few days early, we went out ahead of time so we could go to Disneyland. So we met up with my brother and his family, we all met up in, in Disneyland. And uh, my, my kids this summer, they are four and six. I mean, just, just the magical ages, right? I mean, just magical ages. And, and the sign says, the happiest place on earth. I think it probably is. <laughs> uh, within two minutes of walking into the gate, my, my daughter, Piper, she's wearing her mouse ears. And... <laughs> There's Snow White and and there's Cinderella in two minutes. I mean, she's getting her picture with Snow White and Cinderella. For a four-year-old, this is the the happiest place on earth. But what they don't tell you about Disneyland on day one, it's called day two. (laughs) It's 10 a.m. and I am already at 10,000 steps. Uh, Seriously. There's this two-hour line at Splash Mountain. like, Like, is it worth it? Indiana Jones ride is closed. What's with that? Uh, I'm kinda cheap and so we're not eating anything good. We, 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 we packed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches six hours ago that have been in my backpack and this is soggy and smashed. This is so gross, why am I putting this in my mouth? Disney moms are crazy. <laughs> like 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 run over your foot pushing a stroller crazy. This is the happiest place on earth, at least it's supposed to be. But even happy has problems. Happy is not the same thing as joy. It's not. See Jesus. He 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 wants to give you his joy. His his soul satisfying, his, his supernatural delight, his, his spirit dependent, his, his overwhelming, overflowing, his, his flooding, his, the joy that belongs to him. He, he wants to give you as you abide in him. Jesus invites us into this relationship with him. He says, come, come. He wants to live in you. He wants you to be living with him. That's what we're gonna be doing with small groups. Remember these things. These three things. It's a devotional. Let's be looking for some new growth and be thinking joy. Well, I hope this, this preview gets, gets us ready, gets us excited for small groups. If you're not in a small group, um, this is not a sales pitch, This is just a preview. We just want you to know what's happening and we already have 100 people jumping in, so come, we'll we'll find a spot, join us. We want to slow down, we want to lean in, we want to abide together in small groups and with the Lord. It's not about the outcome. It's not about what might happen. It's not about the end result. It's just about being present in that moment Trusting the Lord, he is faithful, he is the one who will do the work. Let's pray. So Lord, we, we, we come to you, Lord. Some of us are, are in spots of, of, of hurt and, and weariness and, and brokenness. God, maybe we're tired, confused. God, we're desperate for you. God, you invite us into this this crazy thing called a relationship with with you. And and Lord, it's it's really not that difficult. Lord, there's things that pull us away and distract us, but God, it's pretty simple. That you want us to spend time with you. Lord, that you want us to, to talk with you. Lord, that you will work in us to to help us love you as our, our first love more and more and more. God, I pray for our small groups this year. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our people. God, that you'd be working in a way that only you can do. Lord, that you would be restoring lives, strengthening marriages increasing our, our walk with, with you, our joy, our delight with you. God, that as we lean into you, God, that you would be there to catch us, to wrap your arms around us. Lord, that you would be there as the one who's faithful, the one who's with us, the one who never leaves us. God, you're good. Lord, go before us. We need you. We need your joy. Amen.